Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we continue on our journey through the books of Acts here, and we're looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. Verses 5 through 12. This is where they are addressing the Peter, in particular, is addressing the Sanhedrin. Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The word of God for us this morning. So last week's reading from Acts uh, chapter 3 showed the people's amazement at the apostles healing the lame man who had long begged for alms at the temple gate. They were so taken with the apostles' miraculous work that they worshipped them. Yet Peter pointed the crowd away from himself and John to the true source of power, to the name of Jesus whom God raised from the dead. This, of course, gets them in trouble. We see that while Peter and John continue teaching the awestruck audience, the temple authorities, comprised of chief priests from the Sadducee party, burst on the scene much annoyed. They are angry with the commotion over the lame man's uprising in the holy place, and especially with the apostles crediting this wondrous event to the risen Jesus Christ. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead under any circumstances. They would have been particularly particularly disturbed over the people's amazement and attention to the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus. For it was Jesus whom the chief priests had delivered over to Pilate as a blasphemer, traitor, and perverter of our nation. With the wisdom and authority of the temple leaders being seriously challenged on their own turf, they placed Peter and John in custody overnight, planning to interrogate them the next day. The apostles' ministry of healing in Jesus' name evokes completely opposite responses. Wonder and excitement from the common worshipers, but suspicion and irritation from the religious authorities. Peter and John are praised by one group and locked up by another. During the examination, the Supreme Council, headed by Annas, the high priest, cuts to the chase. By what power or name did you do this healing? Peter had already addressed this issue before the people. 
and is happy to repeat his Christ-centered response before the temporal rulers. But first, being filled with the Spirit, he challenges the council's line of inquiry. Peter believes the leaders have lost sight of the vital matter at hand. An act of kindness, a truly good deed, has been done to a sick man. Rather than receiving a few alms to get through the day, a lame beggar has been healed. Surely rules and regulations, procedures and protocols should take a back seat to rejoicing and praising God with the former cripple for his dramatic cure. And where better for such a glorious event to take place than in God's house, the temple? If a friend with a terminal illness suddenly becomes well, with all trace of disease gone from their body, we would rejoice, right? We would start a debate about who or what caused the cure, wouldn't we? We wouldn't do that. It's like, great! He's healed. A religious community in particular, whether a temple, a synagogue, or a church, should exult in rehabilitation and redemption. However, and through whomever they occur, as part of God's good purpose for humanity. As sovereign maker and ruler of all creation, God works through all sorts of processes and people. Nothing and no one, including the highest religious officials, have a monopoly on God's grace. Nowhere is the scandal and mystery of God's saving work more evident than in the crucified and resurrection of Jesus Christ, whom Peter now proclaims before the priestly council. Reprising his announcement from the previous day in Solomon's portico, Peter confirms that the remarkable good health now enjoyed by the long-suffering cripple belongs entirely to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. He further elaborates, drawing on Psalm 118, verse 22, that this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. But tragically, they rejected the true foundation stone of God's house. They crucified God's Messiah. How can any good possibly come from such a miscarriage of justice and misinterpretation of truth by religious leaders charged with serving God's interest and nurturing God's people. How can good come out of corrupt, cold-hearted institutions? The answer is simple, because God remains faithful. Good comes because God refuses to let human rejection have the last word. It comes because because God raises the rejected and crucified Jesus from the dead. We looked at those resurrections a few weeks ago. Because God lifts up the disabled and destitute lame man in the name of the risen Jesus. God has invested in his name and made available to all who will receive it the full bounty of God's health and salvation. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. God saved Jesus from the clutches of an unjust, shameful death 
so that God's suffering people might access his salvation in Jesus' name. God took the rejected stone of Jesus and made him head of the corner, supporting all God's kingdom. To continue the psalmist's point in Psalm 118, verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It is indeed. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice you made for our salvation. We know that you will always remain faithful to your word. You have made eternal life available to all who seek you. Help us to live out our faith each and every day. Renew our hearts and our souls this morning so that all that thrills our soul is you. Let us go forth in God's care, taking love wherever we go. Go forth in God's name, taking Christ wherever we go. Go forth in God's grace, sharing mercy with everyone we meet, and abide in God's love today. Amen.